All right, so here's just the way I want to look at this. Why is there really no place for punishment? Uh, so here's punishment, and I want to talk about repentance. So there's two mics today, if you want it, and uh, I'm open. I'm open to chat with whoever, and I think we have. We'll see. Do we have that? Uh, yeah, we have a green light. Battery's dead. All right. So okay, good. We're working. So. What is the relationship, or why can punishment not work toward repentance? Does it? Are you going to make a case for it? What do you think? Yeah, but go ahead and let's get them. I'll I'll just... Huh? All right, sorry, Jen, you got to go to a mic. Yeah, if you have a question. Okay, but you're asking me to clarify my question. Okay, the question is, what's the relationship between punishment and repentance? Because in the punishment paradigm, or the way most of us think, if you screw up, even if you repent, there's still punishment due for it. But Danny is suggesting there's not, and I think there's good reason for there not to be, but I don't want to blurt it out. I'd rather... Ronnie. On Tuesday night, yes, we had a discussion talking about repentance and punishment and how they seem to be related in that the act of repentance you know what I'm forgetting okay that's all right Jason how are they related well the question one of the questions was why doesn't punishment work I don't think punishment at a the way that you defined it punishment doesn't have a it's not equipped to change somebody's heart okay I think I got it now. Um, so, not able. Let's concentrate on that just for a second. Okay. To change a heart. Now, it might elicit immediate obedience. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Hopefully. I think that's what most people are hoping for. Yeah. It's interesting. I, I think that one of the reasons this is kind of a controversial idea is because people think about punishing a child, uh, you know, or spare the, the rod, spoil the child, that kind of an idea. Um, there's probably a lot of study that needs to go back into that, thinking about that. I didn't want to try and make this a gigantic word study thing. But I agree. If you think of punishment, if you think of punishment, the person, the person isn't thinking about repenting. They're thinking about doing the time. Yeah, it's a compliance thing. It is. It Actually, it's re- punishment reduces it to a compliance thing. Ronnie? So I think what, what the deal was is if somebody causes a problem and one perspective is let's punish them for that, it doesn't really lead to repentance. That I think was the point. Well, it it may lead to God, to sorrow. Yeah, it may yeah. lead to other things, but it may not lead to repentance. Here's what I here's what I think about this. Okay, and I just just type for a second. I think that punishment is an alternative. Is an alternative to repentance. Do you see what I'm saying about that? Mm. In other words, you don't have to repent 
depending on what your definition of repent is, if you get punished. So like in my life, there was a long season, unfortunately, when we were back in California, where I had to constantly get extensions and pay penalties on my uh, income tax, just because of the way our finances were and my poor planning and everything else. But I had this sort of chip on my shoulder that if I'm willing to pay the penalty that the IRS imposes, I don't expect to get hassled by them, and I don't feel guilty over it, because the penalty took away my need to repent. Now, I eventually dealt with that and got in a better situation over it, but that's what I mean by being an alternate. But one of the, the damnable things about punishment is that as soon as punishment is inflicted, repentance is not really necessary. And punishment is usually inflicted before repentance is real because people, the authorities or whatever, are operating in a paradigm that isn't repentance-oriented, but it's <laughs> compliance-oriented, like you said, Tom. That's what I'm saying. So what we want is we want to see something, punish him. So, for instance, if, if Danny had taken the keys and grounded his son and all this kind of stuff, it would not have had the power to produce. In other words, when, when the boy came down and said, I'm sorry that I didn't come home, if that had been interpreted as repentance and then it was followed by punishment, he would never have gotten to the point about what he broke, which was the relationship with his parents. Jen? Well, he took something away from his son that got his attention, though, right? Uh-huh. And had he not done anything, I don't think they would have had that conversation. I agree. So I think it has a place, and I'm going to give you Go another point. Okay. Well, I just want to remind you that Danny talked to me. He, he said that was a consequence, that he had created a consequence, not a punishment. That was going to be my other question. Okay. Uh, are we lump summing consequences and punishment together or separating? Uh, because I take the I take the jailhouse encounter with Jesus people that uh-huh. sometimes do have a really legitimate encounter and repentance. And whether you're going to call that a consequence or a punishment, they're they're in a place of penalty of some sort. Uh, And I do think that there can be heart change and has been. Mm -hmm. And that was something that I was wrestling with as I was trying to understand what he was trying to, the point he was trying to make. But I do believe there's a way to distinguish between a consequence and a punishment. I so, think that's important. And, and, and so where does a consequence come from? An authority? No. An action? An action. It comes from the natural result of an action, truth, I think. Truth and consequences? And I, I mean... I, and, and, <laughs> does that make sense to you? Yeah. That punishment comes from an authority. It's inflicted. A consequence is not inflicted necessarily. A consequence is the byproduct of the action you did. So like if you drive drunk and you run your car into a tree, injury and, and, uh, and, and damage to your car and damage to the tree, those are all consequences. But, but how was Danny's action a consequence if 
he inflicted it. In other words, give me the keys and... Yeah, I don't know. Um, I'm, not, I'm not worried about what Danny did. Okay. I'm worried about trying to discern between consequence and punishment so that we don't wrongly create a... wrongly think that punishment is the way to get to somebody's repentant heart. So, <laughs> do you have something, Tim, or Laurel's got yeah, something? Yeah, I, I see a strong relationship, a positive one, between forgiveness and repentance. Yeah. Okay, I like that. But I also thought, well, punishment a lot of times could be negative reinforcement. But then I started thinking, what about the people in Canyon City prison? Uh-huh. I mean, you've got rapists, you've uh-huh. got murderers, you've got thieves. Is punishment not a- applicable? In those I, I don't know how to say. Okay, so I'm not. I, 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 this is one of the challenges of this. I don't know how to make a judgment. And I'm not trying to say that there's no place in society for punishment. The scripture even says that, you know, to honor those in authority, they, they don't bear the sword in vain. I don't totally know what that means. But what I am talking about is trying to keep our eyes on our role as sons and daughters of the new covenant, understanding that others are being governed under that same covenant, and making the mistake of punishing um, Impro- improperly, unnecessarily, or whatever. And we'll get forgiveness up in just a second. But this was this was how I th- tried to think through your question. Oh, yeah. You got something? Oh, I have an example. Oh. Oh, good. Oh, Vicki. Okay, hi, Vic. L- let me let Laurel answer first, and then we'll let you jump in. Because you're asking about the difference between consequence and punishment. Mm-hmm. Riley, I'm sorry. I'm going to tell about your speeding ticket. So my son got a speeding ticket earlier this year. How many points? Four. Four. Yeah. But you're only allowed six total for the first year of your driving. Anyway, beyond that, consequence was that Riley got four points on his license and he had to pay $169. Okay. But he came home and all of his friends said, well, are you going to be grounded? Are you going to be? And he said, no, of course not. I'm not going to be grounded. Like, so I feel like if I had taken his keys away and grounded him and made him not be able to go anywhere, that would have been the punishment, but there's still a consequence. He still had to come up with the money to pay for that ticket himself, and he has to eat those four, and he has to pay the extra insurance. Do you see the difference? Yep, I do. That I hope that helps with it. Not every thing. situation is easy to see the difference, I don't think. No, that's just a consequence of the world we live in. You break the law and the consequence. The same as about prison. Well, that's a consequence. See, I don't think that's a punishment. Riley, did you feel that was a punishment? Or did you just feel like that was a consequence of you speeding too fast? Oh, he's going to come to the mic. Okay, and, I, and so uh, it's Terry, right? So, so Terry's suggesting that it is a punishment. And, and in one perspective, it is, even by our definition. It's meted out by an authority, kind of an arbitrary thing. It's not like it's a natural consequence that comes from going too fast and falling off the road. Vicki? Yeah, um, bear with me. Her voice so, is not the best. So the, the idea that um, people in prison are being punished. They are. Um, society says to separate out that kind of thing. So um, punishment leads to separation. But when somebody is in prison for raping somebody or murdering somebody or whatever it is, there's stuff that is done in the prisons to try and help these men and women um, deal with why they do those things or 
you know, punishment is, is like, just that it's separation you know parent says go to time out that's not doing anything to change that child it's just making that child be away from the family for for half an hour 45 minutes right you know and so i mean i can remember in in the days when i was a catholic you know being given uh, penance to say for my sins and i would I would be in the pew and I'd have to say 20 Hail Marys. And by the time I was on the ninth Hail Mary, I was mad and angry and didn't want to say it anymore because it was just so repetitive and so, to me, stupid. Um, and so, you know, it, it actually worked against having a relationship with God because I had the relationship with the priest and I just was like angry about that. And so I think that discipline leads to relationship and, and punishment leads to separation. And then the other thing I just wanted to ask, and you can address this at any point in time, you know, the idea of where does consequence come into play? Does consequence come from, you know, is it in both things, punishment and uh, discipline? So, so just ask, ask, throwing that out there, because I don't want to talk anymore. Well, I'm not trying to make a case for or against consequences. Consequences happen, okay? But do we want to pattern our lives as, as sons and daughters in the covenant on the prison structure or the federal penitentiary structure, or do we want to pattern it on something else, which is the kingdom? And I think that's the point. I'm not, nobody's making a case. I don't think Danny's making a case that you, that punishment is a myth, that it doesn't happen. It does happen. It happens through, through institutions and so on and so forth. But he is making the point that it's not the way that relationships and transgressions are handled in the covenant. When you come to God, God doesn't, well, one reason, though, one reason, I'll be honest about this, one reason that we think so naturally about punishment in relationship to sins and violation is we think that's how God manages righteousness, that he manages us with punishment. But the reality is he doesn't manage us with punishment, and we can study that for a long time. And that's the message I'd like to really get ingrained in us, Ronnie. So when I came tonight, I was looking at what you had on the board. Um, it basically had punishment, and believe it or not, I think God planted something in me okay. that basically was saying forgiveness. Yeah. So what that meant to me, just to really encapsulate it, is I think Old Covenant, I'm trying to remember if that's Old Testament or Old Covenant. I think it's Old Covenant. <laughs> um, sacrifice was part of the deal of getting away, getting past things. Uh, New Testament or New Covenant, God's done the forgiving before we even did anything else. Therefore, if we're going to act like God or be God-like, um, we get to forgive instead of punish. Yeah. And I think even in the act of doing that, there's probably some massive amount of, pardon the word, but cosmic strength with forgiveness before and instead of punishment can really cause others 
to come to repentance because God yeah. tells us that kindness I think so. leads to repentance. Did you have something, Richard? Was you already answered. I mean, you already talked about it a little bit. Okay, so here's my thought, and, and I now I'm not trying to say this is the one everybody's got to agree with, but I see the reality that if punishment is inflicted, it stands in the way. It's like an alternate repentance. Like Danny with his kid wanted to get all the way down to the part of, do you understand what you did to us? Do you understand what you did to our relationship? Punishment would just be the exercise of authority so that by fear of getting caught again, he wouldn't do it. And I think that's the point of that example. So the, the relationship between punishment and repentance is, is I think that it creates an alternative to repentance. And even if you go to punishment, the vast majority of people in Canyon uh, City, they're not sorry for what they did. And it, it, it doesn't lead to some other things we're going to talk about real, real briefly. Um, yeah, they're sorry they got caught. And I'm, I mean, uh, some people do, do, but, but repentance is something other than that. In the environment of punishment, I think it's possible to still repent because God's active working at it, but I don't think the two are the same thing. Yeah. In the church, we want to um, look at the whole thing differently. We don't want to be, I remember uh, growing, becoming a new Christian, there were certain things that I couldn't do, and if I did, I'd have to repent of those in front of the congregation, which would bring about shame. Mm-hmm. And it wouldn't really bring about repentance. It would just bring about the shame and of having to do what they're requiring me to do. And so I think that uh, as a church, as a body of Christ, we want to um, look at the heart mm-hmm. and find out. And work with the heart. Exactly. Yeah, work with the heart. Laurel? So I, I asked Google the difference kind of between punishment and consequence. And yeah. it came back with this thing that says, a consequence is the result or direct effect of an action. Okay. The goal for giving consequences is to teach a lesson that leads to positive choices. The definition of punishment is to cause somebody to suffer, which are very two different things. It's kind <laughs> yeah. of what, like Vicki said, a little bit one leads to relationship, one leads to separation. So if you can look at it those ways... Yeah. It might help you be able to differentiate. Yeah. I, I, I think so. Okay, so now, how about the relationship between punishment and forgiveness? And everybody understands that the new covenant is based on forgiveness, right? Um, Jesus died to forgive us our sins according to the Scripture. God says, I'll uh, have mercy on your transgressions and your sins I will remember no more. I have no clue how to answer that question, but... Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> It is interesting to me that there are so many Christians still that truly want punishment. They don't like the idea of forgiveness in such a way that somebody might have an opportunity to be forgiven of even their worst things, right? Yeah. Like there isn't some sense of justice. Right. And, and without that justice, it's almost as if um, something is spiritually wrong and physically wrong, but I think that that's it, it, it is interesting to me because secularism would probably teach the same thing yeah. that you have to have justice that forgiveness is is not good it's, it's I don't know many people that would say forgiveness is not good, but they separate those two things for sure well, in some cases it's if you forgive, then justice hasn't been done right right, right. so yeah. 
so wait a minute, there's not enough punishment that's happened here. You can't possibly let forgiveness trump the punishment. And so it seems to me that it's almost as if there's this, this replacement, like forgiveness can't be a choice here. It should be punishment instead. Well, then you did just answer what the relationship is between punishment and, and forgiveness. They are, uh, they are mutually exclusive. You cannot punish someone and forgive them at the same time. And you cannot forgive them and then punish them. Because <laughs> then you haven't forgiven them. You're making... Punishment is a payment or an infliction. This is a release. The very word forgiveness means to let them go, to release it. And so the idea of take, like if you remember Daniel was talking about also in the message, that uh, young man that was on the church staff, uh, in two different instances, he had an affair earlier. He was reduced, punished, put on the janitorial staff, shamed, this, that, and the other. After a while, came back. Um, then he went through this process again 12 years later with an intern there at Bethel. Danny and the team walked him through all this stuff. And he got to the point of repentance. And that's the other thing, too. Um, we have a low view of repentance if we just confuse it with confession and remorse. Repentance is really means to change your mind, to change the way you think. And so uh, a person who's caught, thrown in jail, doesn't necessarily repent. They don't have to repent. They just have to do their time. But repentance is, is actually, I don't see this anymore. I'm changing, whether it's the physical concept of I'm going to live a different way, I'm going to live for different goals, I'm going to recognize the value of people differently. So, for instance, somebody that breaks into people's houses and steals their stuff, the ultimate thing that needs to change is the value they place on that person. Not, they don't, not just to get more clever at, at, and not getting caught. So that, I think, is the nature of these two things. This, that's why I think this becomes a, a cheap alternative. Well, just go ahead and punish me so I can be done with this. But that's an indication there's no chance of there being repentance because it's not even being thought of that way. And then over here, I think it's just a disconnect. Ronnie? I think what I'm learning out of all this, which is really weird, is that God trusts us a lot more than I thought he did. So with the idea there being he knows if he forgives us, if he does good towards us, how he has built us will cause us to repent. And it gives change. us, we have the capacity to repent, yeah. And, therefore, and the Holy Spirit's working in that way. We will be more like he created us to be. I think and so. And so that trust in his creation is pretty intense. It is, it is. But it's all relational, and that's what this part goes on. So restoration is bringing something back to the way it was. I talked with Sonny as an illustration. I said, if somebody stole Sonny's truck, and somebody takes Sonny's truck and drives it down and gets in a police chase and then crashes it into the bridge down there in town, and the police catch the guy, and that creates a felony situation so that he goes on trial, and then he is convicted, and he is punished by being put in jail for whatever, there's not anything built in there to restore Sonny's truck, usually. Because the punishment takes the place of the restoration. 
Like here, the punishment takes the place of the repentance. Or here, punishment takes the place of the forgiveness. So the whole idea of restoration is not, you know, and, 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 and things that are violations that destroy trust and destroy relationship and betray, that's the category here, and punishment contributes nothing to restoration. Do you agree? A person separated and they're way out here. Unless restoration is part of the punishment. It could be. It could be tried to be built in there, but the majority of punishment isn't that way. Or punishment's layered over the top of it. So you have a little kid that comes and steals something from one of his friends. And then you, as a parent, take them back. And, and, and if you just take them back and hold them, you know, by the hair, which I don't have any, take them back and you force them to give the, the, the toy back. Then you take them home and the thing you're counting on to change is not the explanation of why it's wrong to steal that thing and, and violate that friendship, but you just get the thing back to them and then you punish them at home. That message is not going to be conveyed by that action, right? For the most part. So, can, can, you, can you punish the bad behavior and still forgive the person, though? Why would you want to? Well, What are you trying to set right by punishing the bad behavior? Well, probably to, to cause restoration. Uh, in other words, what I'm thinking is, Okay, say, use the excuse that you, you used with the child there. You uh-huh. know, he steals from the neighbor. He goes, yeah. um, unfortunately, I did this when I was a kid. I went into a farmer's field and stole corn that we cooked on a campfire. Okay, my parents were big, real big against stealing. And they reinforced that in <laughs> some negative ways. Mm-hmm. I got, they got the point across. But I knew that they loved me and forgave me, yeah. nonetheless. I'm not saying we can't be confused about this, but and I, I think we are, as a matter of fact. I think that there's something that's a lot, like I, I, I didn't. You didn't answer the question I asked, and maybe I didn't ask the question right because the question is a new one to me too. It's one that that I'm thinking about with Danny. If, if you bring about restoration and there is repentance. Why would you want to add punishment to it? What would you hope to gain from their punishment? If you think punishment no, leads if, to restoration... If you could accomplish it through restoration, forgiveness, and a repentance, maybe a combination of all, I think that's ideal. There would be no need for punishment. Yeah. And that, I think, is what the right. case is with the New Covenant. I think the yeah. Right. <laughs> oh, they got the point across real yeah, strong. No, sure. <laughs> but if forgiveness and restoration alone would, could do that, there would be no need for punishment. That's what I think that, that Danny's trying to, to talk to us about. Think how many people, if the church, if we could separate ourselves from that blurriness between punishment and uh, repentance... Like, how much can we be punished to make it right when uh, all of our screw-ups? I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Is there a bank account someplace? <laughs> Is there 70 times 7? That's actually forgiveness. You know, that's, that's a positive. Uh, 
Does it seem fair to forgive somebody 70 times 7? <laughs> and that's the thing I think that we're eventually going to have to get to in this thing, is that God either is a punisher to try to sort out people's lives and behavior, or He's not. And if He's not, we need to figure out how not to be ourselves. Yeah, Riley? Who we got? Yeah, Jeremy and Amy. I think a little confusing is we live in a couple of different cultures. We have our church culture um, where grace is supposed to abound more. But then we also have just the culture of our country um, where there is punishments and things like that that are built into that. And sometimes we get miffed as, as believers because the the secular culture is not more like the church culture. And uh, um, you know, I've heard several several good teachings about this, uh, you know, from from the Bethel crew about they're not necessarily supposed to be doing the same thing that we do in the church. And, uh, and so there, there is punishment that's in order there. Uh, I also wondered um, if you guys on Tuesday night threw in the word discipline, um, because that's usually tied to love. And, uh, and so I, I wondered if that was, you know, cause you see, you see evidences of God doing punishing acts in the Old Testament under that covenant. But of course, Pastor, right now you're hitting the new covenant thing pretty hard. And so that's really our focal point, obviously. And uh, and it should be. Um, But I wondered how discipline played into it, not to get us on a different topic completely, but uh, that was the other question I had. Thanks. Let, Let me read something. Uh, oh gosh, where's it at? No. Shoot, where was that at? You guys remember when we were talking about judgment a long time ago? Yeah. Judgment does not seem kind of uh, enjoyable at the moment. Yeah, no, not that. I'm talking about judgment. Judgment, uh, when, when, um, Solomon was praying to dedicate the temple, he said, Lord, if we fail, to to obey you. And as a result, we go into exile. And you let enemies come against us. If in the midst of that situation, we come to ourselves and we say, we have sinned against you, we apologize. Have favor on us. Forgive us of our sins. Cause us to thrive in that environment. That's So I, I, I would say that, Jeremy, to say that I don't think the Old Testament just represents that punishment paradigm. I think that, like, was God with Daniel and the three Hebrew children and the exiles in Babylon? The answer is yes. They were in exile, but they weren't in exile from God. He went over there with them. He was in the fire when the three of them went down there. He was with Daniel in the lion's den. He was with Daniel giving him favor. And so um, is the exile a consequence or is it punishment? I'd like us to start at least considering the possibility that those sorts of things, even in the Old Testament, were consequences. Now, you have a pretty hard time saying that the earth opening up and swallowing Korah and his family wasn't punishment. I don't fully understand it, and I'm not saying punishment doesn't exist. I'm just saying that... Uh, and then I think in the end, which we're going to have to hit pretty quick, what our goal is is to replace discipline... I mean, to replace punishment with discipline. Because discipline is built around relationship. And, and, you know, it's built around a father treating his sons like sons. 
And so we shouldn't be afraid of discipline. And, and, and I don't think there's any argument at all that it should just be a free-for-all. There should be no, no consequences, because there are consequences. Sometimes we can't deal with that. And we have to clean up our mess. So, the, 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 I mean, there's a lot of people in the world whose lives are a tragic mess that if we had the key to be able to wrap our arms around them and say, we love you, we're not expecting you to solve this with one instant, big, cathartic revelation or, or, or confession, but we'd love to walk with you through your life and see this ugly stuff get sorted out. I think that's what God does with us. I mean, my whole image of the way God treats me is when I'm drawn by the Holy Spirit into the presence of the Lord, I've got these ugly things which are super visible to Him. And they become visible to be. But sitting right there next to him is Jesus, who solved all of those problems and atoned for all that stuff. So it's a healing environment. It's an acceptance environment. It's not a judgment environment. And one of the reasons that this whole thing was important to me is how do we know we're not judging? Well, I think one way we know we're not judging is because we aren't punishing. We don't isolate it. We don't roll our eyes. We don't shrink back. Sonny? Uh, I don't know if I can articulate this, but it seems like sometimes punishment in our society is, I mean, it's to stop somebody from doing something, but it's also unconsciously, I'm going to afflict enough pain on you that the pain I received, I think that's kind of a bottom layer too. And uh, kind of the, Eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth, and didn't Jesus say, you know, it's been said, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, but I say, if anybody... Smites on your right cheek. Yeah, you turn around. And so, you know, when when you... Re- I think when you receive something that instead of giving punishment, that does something to you. It frees you and not to get in the cycle of law yeah. and but it also frees for some reason it frees the society around you too i, I think, think so i think it also deals with something if, if we can begin to make that shift it deals with something that is an incredibly powerful destructive force in this world that keeps love at bay keeps security and confidence at bay and that's shame and if you think of punishment most of the time punishment is designed to carry a certain amount of shame with it like even think in prison, you have to wear a, an orange jumpsuit. You have to have your head shaved off or whatever the conditions are, depending on where it's at. Those are not things that are just necessary for convenience. Those are things to bring a sense of alienation and control and that kind of stuff. So I think there's something that we all recognize, which is uh, kind of grates us a little bit, because we know the science behind behavior modification. If you do this to people, then they'll behave a certain way. Yeah. It's very scientific, but that doesn't really speak to the spiritual side of it, which is way different, I think. It doesn't speak to this at all. Right. It doesn't create an identity. I can control somebody with a pair of handcuffs and a straitjacket, but I, that doesn't do anything you know, to their thing. It doesn't do anything to their identity. It doesn't reveal anything about who they were really made to be. And then that's why repentance... <laughs> One of the things that you repent from is thinking of yourself and behaving in such a way opposite to the way you really are. Your destiny really is. Punishment has nothing to do with that. So uh, in the thinking about this, I mean, obviously Danny's coming from a perspective of being in relationship with the Lord. Yeah. Um, So 
I'm trying to rack my brain in the New Testament where Jesus punished anybody. He didn't. Some people would suggest maybe turning over the... uh Flipping. Money changers tables. Yeah, I just call that my style of love. But but, but what Jesus <laughs> said about that is he said, look, this is my father's house. It's a house of prayer, and you've turned it into a marketplace. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he didn't chase them down. He didn't, you know. But I think about the people and the stories that we have heard about people that the rest of the people wanted to punish. Yeah, like, like a woman caught in adultery. Or, sure, or yeah. whatever. Or even take Judas or Peter in his denial of yeah. the Lord three times. And yet, so when the Lord, what he did is he gave forgiveness before they ever asked. And he already was in relationship and bringing about the restoration. Anyway, what, as soon as he landed, you know. Right. So then that actually led those people to probably a truer repentance than if he had just punished them. Yeah. You see I, what I'm saying? And well, so, the scripture plainly says that it's the kindness of the Lord that leads to repentance. Right, exactly. And yeah. so you can't, I don't think you can have kindness and punishment at the same time anyway. And so I think if we keep thinking about this, yes, the world has its standards for breaking laws and things like that. But coming from a believing standpoint as a person who's in relationship with Jesus, it is, it, it's better to forgive whether they need it. it it's for you too, you know, sure. but all of those things, if you do all those other things instead of punishment leads you into a greater relationship. And so I think as long as we don't keep thinking about it, like, well, the world does this, who cares what the world does? We're not supposed to do what the world does anyway. You know? So I'm going to summarize a couple of things. I do believe that, that punishment presents an easier alternative to repentance because repentance involves the engagement of your whole heart uh, in your mind. You have to change repentance. Remember, it's to change the way you think, change the way you're thinking. I don't believe that punishment and forgiveness go together, and I think there's a lot of forgiveness that's not withheld because punishment is in play. And then over here on restoration, generally speaking, I guess it can be legislated in, but generally speaking, punishment doesn't lead to restoration. So, for instance, let's take a story where the guy was forgiven a lot of money, so we have forgiveness, and then he goes out, and a guy, that another servant that owed him a little bit of money, he didn't forgive him. Right, he punished him. Then the other slaves reported back to the master who had forgiven him the lot, and then the master says, "You're going to be cast in the outer darkness." And the way the Bible translates it is crazy to me. It, it says, "And and you're going to be put in the hands of the tormentors." And this is something that's used to depict punishment and eternal de- uh, hell and all kinds of stuff. But the next phrase says, until you pay back every last bit. Well, now, wait a minute. If these guys are just torturers, where is he going to get the money to pay these back? That word's not torturers. That word is like somebody who overwatches you, like a receiver, if your business is (coughs) But our tendency to live with punishment as an option, or as a first option even, or as a necessary option, or as a complementary part to the other things we do. Uh, I'm going to forgive you, but then I'm going to go ahead and demand from you, or I'm going to, what what was the definition? Something inflicted on somebody because of something that they did. You know, so all I'm asking us to do is, is to, is to think, if we live as, as uh, sons and daughters of the new covenant, can we eliminate punishment and can we replace it with discipline? realizing that discipline can only be meted out in relationship. 
And it can only be meted out in a loving relationship like a father-son or a father-daughter. And that if discipline has its way, it produces the peaceable fruit of righteousness. And then even in our sort of addiction to punishment, there'd be no reason to punish if the discipline really had its way. And I think we, we suffer from two things that I'd like us as a church to be able to shed. One is this idea of, of punishment and we become, right or wrong, a scary place for somebody who feels like they've racked up a lot of bad things in their life. And one of the things that keeps them from trusting God is that they're afraid they're going to get punished. So if we can somehow figure out a way to lay punishment down, lay punishment down. Even some of the other words for punishment in the Old Testament are like vengeance or so on. You know, the Scripture says vengeance belongs to the Lord. And I, I, and if He's not a punisher, then I don't know. You know, We're going to have to rely on repentance, forgiveness, restoration, <laughs> and our identity being brought up. So that's kind of my goal, is that, is that in light of your question, Jeremy, that discipline would replace punishment as our way of managing relationships. So last one, Ronnie. I'm not sure I understand discipline yet, but um, from the discussion tonight, I think what I'm trying to do is whenever I would think punishment would be appropriate, ask myself, will that lead someone to repentance? Yeah. So if the goal changes from meeting out punishment to somehow causing repentance or encouraging repentance, repentance has all kinds of good stuff to come Yeah, and and, you know, if you re-listen to Danny's message or if you read this book, uh, and we can get some more if we need them. That's his whole point, is that the process of discipline can be as strong as it needs to be, can be as long as it needs to be. But it does require that the person exercising discipline do so in love and do so in a commitment to be in relationship. And that's all I'm saying. Uh, rather than leave a bunch of people who think they're going to be punished stranded, uh, I think it's just amazing. Yeah, Jerry, go ahead, bud. Hey, I'm really enjoying this. But I couldn't help but chime in just to just add my little two cents on a passage you referred to in the Old Testament. Um, I know it wasn't uh, uh, central to the discussion, but in, in making reference, I hear this all the time. And every time I hear it, it's like, no. And it's, it's a scripture where it says, vengeance is mine, you know. Um, and actually, if we do a study of that word, um, especially Mark, Mar- Marvin Vincent brings that out. It's it's vengeance is not the accurate it's more of retribution and you know and there's a difference because vengeance creates in your mind god being vengeful and retribution is allowing consequences perhaps to run their course or it's it's it tends towards a discipline a father loves his child allows them to to go through and, and go through things that are heavy, and it's not vengeance. So I just wanted to throw that out there. Um, all these sorts of things. We just for centuries we've had the tendency to turn it all into a vengeance-related act. And and yeah, you're absolutely right about that. Absolutely right about that. But you know, one thing: if we realize, if we make the commitment that God's not a punisher, and uh, and that He in fact is a discipline. And he, in fact, leads to repentance, his kindness, and that he, in fact, has chosen. He said this. I didn't say it. Here's the covenant I'm going to have with them. I am going to have mercy on their transgressions. And that word mercy, if you go back and put it in Jeremiah, it says forgive them. I'm going to forgive their transgressions. 
Well, that's what God's going to do. And we need to line up doing it with him. Yeah, Vic. So, um, you know, a couple of weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago or four weeks ago, there was the woman that shot the young man. She thought he he was in her apartment. She was actually in his and she shot and killed him. And she got 10 years for that. And then the his little brother is there and he's going through this whole process of telling her he doesn't want her to be punished more. I'm going to (laughs) cry. You know, but it's the perfect picture of what we're talking about tonight. She was punished and she has consequences. But he went to her and just was like, I forgive you. Can I hug you? You know, and that's the church. And that thing has had over, I don't know how many million hits. But the reality is, is the world is longing for that. And we as the church, we have it. You know, if we can let the punishment thing go and 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 just allow ourselves to look at the person, which is what this young man did. I mean, you can tell he's terribly nervous. He knows his family's going to judge him, all that. But he goes ahead and he does what he believes Jesus is calling him to. And so, you know, that if you guys have not watched that, you should just look it up and and watch it because it is amazing what this young man did. And it stopped the world in its tracks. We afford to do that without everything and everybody and every evil thing spinning out into out of control. Well, that was actually, Jerry, you're absolutely right about the concept of vengeance, and we need to study that out. But, but the reason I even alluded to it is the Lord covers that kind of stuff. He's willing to take responsibility to, to keep everything the way it's supposed to be. We can trust God with this process. If he chose it to be that way, we can let it be that way. All right, it's got to be one quick one. we got to go. <laughs> it's a crossover between Christianity and going back to the prison thing. Okay. Let me personalize this. You or I, something happens to Meg or Vicky. It's a repeat offender. Uh-huh. He's raped before. He's murdered before. He kills our spouse. Yeah. He ends up in prison. Yeah. Okay. I, I like to think both you or I eventually could come to terms with that and go and forgive that man. But do I think he doesn't belong in prison? Absolutely not. I feel like the punishment is just. But perhaps by us going and forgiving him, there can be repentance on his part. That that's the crossover thing that was kind of confusing to me. Sure. No, I get it. I get it. Um, We'll leave it right there. That'll do it. (laughs) That'll do it. Yeah, I'm not trying to be Pollyanna, rose-colored glasses. What I'm trying to say that as sons and daughters of God, under the liberty and the life of the new covenant, we don't need we don't need to traffic in punishment because it doesn't produce the the sense of justice and equity and holiness that we think it's going to produce. Not saying societies can't live without it. Maybe they can't in a fallen world. But we don't live in a fallen world. We live sort of in a fallen world, but we're not a part of that world. We're a part of another covenant. Okay. Father, thank you. This was a good discussion. Could go on for a couple more weeks. Uh, give us, Holy Spirit, I ask that you would give us the ability to see ourselves as agents of 
the government of the new covenant and cause us to intentionally look at anything in our life that we still want, that we still hold as a right to punishment. And uh, if that should not be there, Lord, I pray that you would bring understanding and conviction and simple repentance, and we would begin to see. What I really fear, Father, is that in trading and being satisfied by punishment, we have a smaller view of the glory of transformational repentance and liberating forgiveness and rebuilding restoration and fulfilling identity in the context of relationship that we might have. We think less of our capacity to transform the world and the people in it because we too easily surrender to a sense of justice that's defined more by punishment than it is by repentance, forgiveness, restoration, and identity and relationship. So just help us change our mind. Help us repent. And if we don't, punish us. In Jesus' name. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Lord, you knew that was a joke, right? (laughs) All right, God bless you guys.